Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. This is Erica Pierce, and also joined this week by Eric Trexler, or every week, I should say, by Eric Trexler. At least most, <laughs> most weeks, weeks, Erica. Yes, most yes. weeks. And we have, um, we have Dave McDonald again with us. Hi, Dave. Hey, greetings, everybody. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm amazed you asked me back for a second session. Uh, we, we, uh, we rambled around on a lot of good stuff, but I really enjoy the interaction with your team, Eric. You got the juices flowing, and and you, you're near the ocean. I mean, how how could we not have you back in this? Yeah, time? we're hoping that when exactly. all COVID's you, over, it means you'll invite us out to Hawaii. So that's strategically why we invited you back. <laughs> you, you guys are keeping me from my uh, my 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 race down to Almoana Beach Park and uh, sneak into the ocean to get my get my swim. And we were, I think we were talking in the last session about work life balance. I need to take some of my own uh, advice there, but really really happy to be back with you. I don't feel guilty about holding you back from the beach right now as I'm stuck in the middle of Maryland. Anyway, we wanted to have you back, talk a little bit about lessons learned, recommendations, right? We're in the time of COVID-19. What have you seen so far? What are your recommendations? Obviously, nobody had the crystal ball, but now we kind of know how we've been impacted. What, What would you do differently? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting way to come at, at the question. Uh, you, you you know, sort of the what would you do or what would you have done differently? Yeah, so if we we'll, if we knew, like nobody yeah. could have known. We're not blaming anybody, but if you knew, now that we know, how do we prepare for the future? What do we do differently? Yeah, so so I guess a couple of things on that. That's a, that's a that's a that's a great way to start. Is is you know ponder, you know, kind of look in the rearview mirror and say, man, where where what did I miss? What what you know? What are those things we could have been could have been doing? to be vastly better prepared for something as uh, kind of extreme and weird and complex as this. So, so I'll, I'll get at a couple of details and some of these at the risk of being a bit obvious, right? So um, in our culture, I, I won't speak for everybody's culture, but I, 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 I think I'm fairly safe in saying across large parts of the DOD uh, and, and the government world, um, you know, we've had a tendency to, to kind of hand wave at coup. Right of continuity, continuity of operations. You, you know, it's um, and and this, uh, you know, at the risk of being a little bit self-revealing, I, I don't think anybody would really have much of a surprise with this. You know, coop is one of those things. You know, when 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 IGs come to town, um, when the Defense Threat Reduction Agency comes to town, uh, you know, they they say, hey, you know, show us your coop plan, and and you know, it's it's one of those sort of required staff mandatory compliance things and culturally we've we've largely treated it like that uh, and i am certain there are exceptions out there there are organizations that you know man they they really put some thought and some muscle and they put their money where their mouth is and their coup plan is is ready to go uh, i i would suggest that i have, have real severe doubts that anybody's coup plan factor this this crisis in right no way. if they did i no want them to play the lottery with me <laughs> uh, you only get that one yeah. right once in a million years yeah if that if that if that uh, you know savvy uh, executive out there who figured out that dimension of the coup plan is around somewhere you know hire them right because they they really had a crystal ball so 
So I think I, 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 at the risk of sounding like I'm kind of dancing around the question, right? So, so coop planning and resilience planning, um, you know, the lesson learned is it, it, it can't be kind of a hand-waved, um, brushed away kind of cynical exercise, right? Um, Take it seriously. Do your drills, rehearse, yes. learn from it, and then enact improvements. Yeah, and and I, I use the phrase "put your money where your mouth is," right? So so I have, and and this this uh, uh, this is in no way intended to sounded like you know, and I told you so, or man, I saw this coming, or I, because I, I didn't, I, I had the same kinds of blind spots that a lot of folks uh, had, but um, but I will say this: for the better part of ten years in, in my current position, uh, I and and my staff, our whole team, my the great bosses that I've worked with. We've had some fairly deep, nuanced, and thoughtful discussions about resilience. About you know, uh, what's the you know kind of the worst scenarios that could occur, um, and, and as we should, right? We're a warfighting organization, right? But we we thought in terms of you know near peer or peer adversaries, and you know getting attacked in our our heavy fixed fortifications, and you know. What would the start to a war look like, both from a cyber perspective as well as a kinetic perspective? Um, attacks on infrastructure, getting isolated in terms of telecommunications connectivity. So, so we we have had some very deep and thoughtful, you know, uh, thought drills, experiments, and 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 what if and what now types of uh, thinking on resilience. This is this is where it tends to fall apart, though. Is from a resilience and coup perspective, you know, key dimension to that is what are you willing to pay for? Are you really yeah. willing to, you know, CapEx and OpEx, the resilience margin, right? The coup margin that you're going to need when that worst case scenario starts to unfold on you. That's, that's where it gets tough, right? So Dave, what would you give up? I mean, that's one way. If you're not getting any additional funding, right? In the Navy, we can give up ships. We can give up aircraft. We can give up personnel. Or just at the IT level, what what would you have given up? Let's assume the funding stayed the same and you knew this was coming. How, how do you do that balance exercise? Yeah, and that's and that's uh, uh, I, I you know I won't entirely evade the question, but you know that's why that's why we pay our our you know s- senior three and four star and really senior executive. Um, you know, uh, Department of the, the Department of Defense, Department of Navy civilians. That's why we pay them the big bucks is to is to have those conclaves to take the readouts from from uh, you know the National Defense Strategy and 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 uh, and maritime uh, maritime uh, strategy of the United States and and sort of you know look at the current readiness and state of the force and then take the lessons learned from some of the you know real really robust war games and and drills that we've done and then shape that as a balanced investment portfolio um, and, and and again you know the uh, in, in the uh, telecommunications IT and command and control services you know the things that CIOs are traditionally going to care about in the equation of um, of, of uh, resilience and uh, crisis response, crisis margin, maneuvering margin in, in, in a really tough, almost unimaginable scenario, uh, that's a balanced investment decision on the front end, right? So it's, it's you know, Eric, you started with the question is, you know, what should we have done or 
looking in the rearview mirror, how could we have better prepared? It really does all start with deep, thoughtful, complete strategy development, um, capabilities analysis, architecture analysis, risk and, and resilience margin analysis, and then, you know, and then put your money where your mouth is, right? You, you cannot just hand wave at this stuff. You know, it's kind of interesting. I'll give you a data point uh, without going too far with it. I mentioned the Defense Threat Reduction uh, Agency, the DITRA. Um, so, so, so they, this is their stock and trade, right? Is to, is to go around, you know, the, the defense and national security community and, and look for worst case, what ifs and what nows. Right. And then and then, you know, they'll produce a 40 or 50 page report that suggests all the things that you really need to be thinking about. And, and a lot of it takes the form of requirements and, and investment categories. So you need to need to build risk and resilience margin into your into your infrastructure, into your IT capabilities, into your facilities and your distribution. And you need to think real hard about your people because your your people are, as we're learning in this crisis, are every bit, if not more, the critical asset as our facilities, our systems, right, our our, our stuff, right? So Erica, that's so, your area. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I think I said in our previous session, you know, I think a lot of CIOs in this particular scenario are finding they're they're having to step up as kind of the chief resilience right. officer. So it ain't just information and it ain't just systems. It's where are all the people? Who are all the people? What do they know? What are they acculturated to? Are they ready for this in some form or fashion? How quickly can we train them and get them ready to operate and think this way? You know, so, uh, you know, the, the crisis CIO or the, 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 the resilience officer has got to think, you know, people, process, tools, culture, runtime governance. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts to offer about uh, knowledge management design in runtime, like we're doing right now, especially as top-down solutions are being uh, mandated. And then, it, you know, the, the, the back plane of all this is don't forget cybersecurity, right? And, and compliance, right? So there's a lot of dimensions for a crisis CIO uh, as, as kind of a chief resilience officer to think across, you know, people, processes, tools, culture, and, and leadership behaviors. So, right? so, Dave, just to that point, you know, I think right now, you know, Eric's question is, what would you have done differently? How would you balance um, resources, things like that? But from a practical standpoint, once this is all over, and this applies to, you know, government, whether you're a um, defense agency or, you know, <laughs> healthcare, private industry, like what happens from a practical standpoint next? Like from your, from your perspective as a CIO, I mean, do you, you know, next year kick off a, a meeting where you just overhaul everything or like wh how, what advice would you give or someone who's thinking about this from a, a, a very, I would say now, um, <laughs> uh, as from a, Real level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's real now. Yeah. So, so Erica, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I need to, I need to sort of caveat or, or frame the answer uh, up front. And that is, is, uh, you know, a lot of days I, 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 I come into work and I think, I wish I was one of those CIOs who kind of had the whole portfolio, right. Who had the, the ear of the CEO and the ear of the CFO and, and ultimately my team and, and our extended partners, you know, were collectively making the decisions on technologies, enterprises, you know, 
what type of cloud configurations, what type of collaboration or unified communication solutions, uh, business solutions, workflow solutions. Um, so the caveat is this, I'm not one of those kind of CIOs, right? I'm an operating CIO who takes a heap of top-down, you know, sort of decision-making and then tries to figure out how to rationalize it, implement it, and achieve, um, you know, the operational value of it. Um, in that context, uh, what I will do and, and really have done and what, what my, my staff, my team does a lot of is we're a real squeaky wheel. Um, we're, we're at the table as a requirements generator and something of a technical and operational advisor mm -hmm. on many of the acquisition decisions uh, that get made at the Department of the Navy level, right, with our PEOs and our program management offices and technical directors. And we even occasionally get a voice at the joint table, you know, at the DOD CIO and, and the, the, you know, the DOD acquisition level. So we're a squeaky wheel. We're vocal. Um, I think we're well-informed and we try to be rigorous about that. We'll continue to do that. And, and I think uh, on sort of the front lines of this COVID-19, you know, sort of crisis response and, and, and some of the things that we're thinking about in the vein of crisis CIO and sort of, you know, get the, get the runtime decisions right. I think in the coming days, uh, Erica, we'll, we'll have plenty to offer, you know, the acquisition organizations in terms of ideas about what's most important and what, what technology selection, design criteria, um, governance sort of dynamics or, you know, gov governance structure um, is going to be most effective for us going forward. Uh, so I'm not a buyer of technology. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a field, fielder user and implementer uh, on the operational end of technology. But we're, we're at the good news is we're at the table with the program offices that are going to figure this out for us in the coming years. Dave, how, how are you protecting, you, you have a large percentage of your workforce working from home now. How are you protecting them, the intellectual property, you know, from ransomware? Yeah. We, we've seen the adversaries really ramp up the attacks on corporate personnel working from home, right? The adversary is very industrious. They, they adapt, very, adapt very quickly. How are, you, how are you dealing with that in this time of crisis? Yeah, Eric, there's a, there's a couple of, I think, really straightforward short answers to that is, number one, we're following the rules, okay? And, and, and this is a case where I'm really thankful that, um, that the, uh, the guidance, the rules, the directives coming from the DOD CIO, coming from the Don CIO, Mr. Aaron Weiss and his staff, uh, coming from our chain of command, has, has been really crisp, really precise, and really quick, okay? So, so they're, they're really paying attention to you know, the, um, that idea that lives in, in dynamic knowledge management of if you let chaos and entropy, you know, sort of take hold, it will, right? Because everybody's got an idea about it and they're going to run off in, in lots of different directions. And, and, and many of those directions are not likely to be cyber secure at all. So you're uh, retaining that mind. structure, if you will. Yeah, it's, I think it's a reasonably okay. fair balance between, you know, hey, you know, collaborators got to collaborate, right? Organizations have to have to con continue their operations. They they have their operating cultures, but we're going to do it in a certain, you know, governed, managed, directed way. And uh, you know, nobody's going to forget cybersecurity. Um, now, we have some advantages, right? The DoD has had a reasonably good culture in uh, in training and and uh, mentoring cyber hygiene. 
you know, where, where, where it runs a little bit into a risk area is all of these personal devices, right? I'm sitting here on a $350 HP laptop and you've got others on, on, you know, uh, iPhones, droid phones, uh, all manner of um, sort of foreign, rapidly introduced, uh, personally owned devices with plug-in CAC readers and so forth, right? So, so, you know, I think one of the epiphanies that's really going to pop out of this quick is, is this notion of either bring your own device or choose your own device. I, I had occasion this past week to post a quick blog on this on LinkedIn. I've always really liked a choose your own device governed sort of enforced compliance kind of model across a more distributed mobile, um, you know, take home, go home type workforce. What I like about choose your own device over bring your own device is it, it could it could strike that balance between agility, maneuverability, and choice, but also have, I'll call it sort of a comply to connect and, and a you know zero trust enforcement. You, you have know, that control of, element that you need as a CIO. Yes, sir. That that that's okay. right. And and if I had to guess, you you watch as the dust starts to settle on this thing. You know, by by summer or fall, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of chatter in the DoD press about uh, choose your own device and comply to connect and 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 sort of how to extend your your zero trust architecture boundary to encapsulate a much more robust uh, endpoint <laughs> community. Right. I, I well, think because they heard it on the podcast. Oh, Eric, as the as the expert um, I mean, of the millennial I, I think generation, that makes what do you think a, about that? A lot of sense. I mean, I think as Dave just said, it it will strike that that balance. Um, that I think, especially younger generations, I mean, they they like to have that sense of choice, but that still allows organizations to have that sense of control. So, um, I think it 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that you know it will be interesting just as a whole to see what the workforce in general looks like, both from a, you know, a, a security standpoint, but just from an overall standpoint, I think we're just going to see much more traditionally, you know, button seats <laughs> sort of industries, including government, which is very much, um, you know, sort of a, a, some, some agencies over others align that way. I think we're just going to see a much more mobile workforce because I think we've learned a lot um, through this situation that you can continue business operations, even um, those that, you know, when it comes to things like security and, and such, you can do it as long as you have that $350 <laughs> computer and a secure network, right? So. Great. So Dave, last question. We're, we're noticing some of our engineers who have always worked from the office. They now want to work from home. They want to get back to the office, but they want that latitude to work from home. Do you expect the Navy and the military to allow a more liberal work from home process through the learnings here, or it'll go back to the way it was? Uh, you know, that, I'll tell you, Eric, that is a great, a great question. You know, it's, and, and I don't think it would surprise me, but there's been, been some stuff written in, in, in the public press about, you know, the resistance over a period of really many years to teleworking, you know, uh, not just by DOD, but really by large segments of, uh, of the government, right? It's, I was at uh, Intel it, where they brought us all back into the office, so I get it. Yeah, 
you know, so, so, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure you flip the switch on that culture overnight. Although again, I've mm-hmm. used the term epiphanies. I think, I think a lot of folks are having epiphanies about a lot of things uh, with respect to their people, uh, with respect to uh, trust, empowerment, um, the balance between, you know, chaos and design, um, you know, hurting cats versus, you know, letting, letting cats roam um, and, and do what they need to. And then, and then how, how, how do you also assert you know, appropriate security measures, OPSEC, um, uh, and, 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 you know, some, some governance, right. I, I, you know, those things don't just go away because, uh, the dynamics of a, a younger, freer workforce are coming into the DOD. We're still the DOD. We're still the nation's warfighting organization. We're still the nation's, you know, intelligence, uh, capacity. Um, you know, so, so all all of those sort of more conservative risk issues still have to be part of the, you know, kind of the fabric of our culture, and the substance of our governance. So so I don't think this changes overnight. I I, I think the epiphanies though people are having is there is a way, and you know, and again I mentioned this, you know, choose your own device. You know, part part of that is you know the the enterprise buys that device for you, right? I don't bring my personally owned three hundred fifty dollar HP laptop to the to the architecture, right? The enterprise considers the broad benefits of a mobile, agile, maneuverable, resilient workforce. You know, think of any other types of scenarios that would have forced large numbers of our expert workforce somewhere else, right? uh, Natural disasters, attacks, uh, the beginning of a war where where a a peer adversary decides to level set the battle space by by going after critical facilities. We immediately have to redistribute large portions of of our expert workforce, and we don't have a lot of huge margin in terms of that expertise and capacity anyway. So this, this idea of imagining the scenarios where that investment in resilience margin and, and investment in a distributed workforce um, and getting everybody used to being able to operate seamlessly that way, that is a, that is a very important strategic investment to make. And, and I think, you know, the guys who guys and gals who think through architecture, technologies and governance are going to have to pay attention here. And, and I think, uh, you know, distributed endpoints, uh, mo- mobile, governed, compliant, zero trust endpoints, uh, you know, uh, purchased for 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 the critical workforce that would would have to exercise you know such a scenario. I think that's uh, that's good thinking here, and and maybe yeah. it took eighteen to get us uh, starting down that path. <laughs> I, I think we'll see a I, I think we'll see a significant change based on this. I hope we do. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well, thank you, Dave, for joining us again on the podcast. Um, it's It's been great. We really, really appreciate just your thoughts, your insight. And I think, you know, the, hopefully the, the best in terms of us um, really using lessons learned and best practices, the best is yet to come. So we <laughs> let's all hope so. Yeah, the country's going to get over this thing and and uh you know i think uh, uh so far from what i've seen you know i mean this this really all started escalating quickly that first week in march i had just come off uh, travel from uh, both australia and san diego um so far what i've seen is you know the 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 nation uh, should and can uh, be proud of what its defense department what its military forces um and 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 the different support organizations that are part of that ecosystem 
the, the American public should really be proud of what what folks are doing and how resilient, uh, how, how they have responded to this and stayed on the job, focused on the essential, come together as a team. Not We haven't taken our eye off the ball. Uh, we're making smart decisions on the fly very quickly. A lot of wise uh, senior leaders, you know, really paying attention here and giving us all good leadership and guidance. So I, I think Americans uh, should be really proud of, of what their uh, what their Defense Department and their military uh, forces are, are doing right now to respond and be supportive in this. Uh, over and above just the obvious stuff, which is, you know, things like the, uh, you know, the USNS uh, uh, ships going into New York and Los Angeles yeah. and so forth. Um, yeah, and we are. Absolutely. Yeah. We are. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Dave. And uh, thanks to all our listeners out there who continue to tune in every week. Please continue to listen. Um, we will be back here next week with a new episode. And please subscribe to us on iTunes or your any uh, podcast platform of choice. And thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, team. Enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store 